3: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
0: We love champion our champions here. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And as we know, our mums are the true champions. Phoenix. Karak is a (laughs) defender for the Northern Mystics who is back. For her first full season since having her beautiful baby girl, and she has been smashing it. Yep, it hasn't been the easiest of journeys. Though with her partner Patrick Tupoloto, uh playing rugby over in Japan, uh, she joins us now. Phoenix on the line. Good morning, Phoenix. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm good. I'm, I can, can hear you. Good can...
4: morning, actually.
0: Yeah, I can hear your baby in the background. What have you been up to? Oh, I just
4: She's um, broken up with a bit of a, a cough and a snotty nose, so you know, typical mum, got a tent for the co-hanger day, and um, have uh, relatives that um, luckily don't work, so I can drop her off to them, so I can go and do my
0: things that I need to get done. <laughs> oh, I've been talking about it on the show, I can't believe how you mums do it. You know, you carry your uh, your tamariki around on your arms and and shoot goals in the other arm, you know, up in in the Premier competition. (laughs) How's the season gone for you so far?
4: Um, For me personally, just a little bit up and down. Um, In the first round, I got hit by COVID, and then missed, I think it was the first two, two games, and then my first game back, I came back, and I got concussions, so I missed another... I think two games after that, so it's been a bit up and down, but I think um, considering those roadblocks, I, I feel like I'm <laughs> performing well enough, um, considering the COVID, the long COVID that I've got at the moment. Um, but obviously, would love to be on top of the long COVID to be able to perform um, for longer periods of time.
0: Yeah, and and on top of that, you, you're a solo parent because Pat's up in Japan earning the yen, <laughs> Um, how how have you found yeah. how have you found balancing motherhood, um, and training with, with, uh, with Patrick being away? Uh,
4: preseason I found very easy. I guess I the pressure of not having to consistently perform, um, in a game wasn't there. So the structure of uh, my organization was really good. But then the added pressure of the games and then COVID and concussion, I think, got on top of me for a bit. And then I was a bit burnt out. So um, not having that moral support with Pat not being at home was quite difficult. I mean, I've got such a good support system here um, in Auckland anyway. But um, I guess it's just, you know, there's no one to kind of get into bed with and be like, Man, that was a hard day, and mm. kind of reflect on um, how the day has been. And just, Yay. I guess, having to cook is one of my big things I don't like doing. Mm. And that was one of Pat's jobs at home. So, um, having to constantly cook, um, you know, if it was just me, it would be easy to just kind of, you know, wing it and just get anything. But because now Palmer's on solids and eating everything, um, I kind of have to make dinner every day. So, um, it's it's been difficult, um, to be honest, but uh, getting through it, I think I've got about two, two to five more weeks left until Pat's back home, so I'm just um, yeah, really enjoying as much time as I get with this palmer for now, and then, yeah, just uh, can't wait to have him back home.
0: Oh yeah, us Tane are, are taking it too easy, eh, when you think about it from a motherhood perspective. I can hear your hear your baby in the background singing us a song as as we talk, but you know, the cooking, the cleaning, the looking after the tamariki, taking them to Kura. Um, you know, the balancing that you're doing, um, without having your tane here. What what for you growing up, you know, and we you know, this this conversation has really all week been about mothers and we've got mothers down Sunday. What does Mother's Day mean for you? Like, growing up with your mum, what what, and, what and how did you celebrate Ma- Mother's Day with your mother?
4: To be honest, I probably... Mum never really um, wanted to celebrate Mother's Day. She always thought it was a bit of a scam. But um, now being a mum myself and doing this part at the moment solo, my mum was a single mother as well. So I... Uh, I think I have a lot more appreciation for the day, Um, even though it's just one day, um, I think I would really love to celebrate my mum and all the mums that have been in my life. And um, it's a hard job, eh? Like, I think it's the hardest job ever. So um, for her to be able to do it by herself, that was support, obviously, but... um, and being an only child, uh, I was probably a little bit on the verge of being a spoiled brat, so <laughs> um, that, that wouldn't have been easy as well. But, um, no, I have – I think for me it means a lot more
0: now than a mother myself now. Yeah. And, and Phoenix, you know, you guys are playing this Sunday. How, how are you and the rest of the mums and your team going to be celebrating Mother's Day when you know that you've got to go out there and put your body on the line?
4: We've been doing it for so long, and um, it just makes it a lot more worthwhile seeing our babies on the side of the court um, carrying us on. In Palmer's uh, view, though, she's screaming and just wanting to come and give me a cuddle and sit on the bench with me, but um, it's always very nice having them there, but uh, we've been doing it. Me and Sulu the two mums on the team, have been doing it for, oh, jeez how many years now. So we're used to it. Bully's been a mum for eight years now, Mm. so she's used to it as well. But, um, you know, I think that there is that recognition that we do have a lot more going on. We have dependents, so it's a lot harder for us to get to training and stuff like that. So the the team is very understanding when we're unable to make a gym session, which is early in the morning. So I think um, the appreciation for us is, Happening throughout the season, it's not just on Sunday. So we're really thankful for the girls um, for
0: being really understanding. Yeah, that, uh, that's that's awesome. That's what a what an awesome culture that you're um, that you're associated with. And and Pat being up in Japan, you know, have you have you told him? You know, it's just not Mother's Day one day when you get back. Oh, it's Mother's Day every day for me. <laughs> <laughs> What's Pat up for when he gets home?
4: I said to him, as soon as you're home, bro, I'm going on out for like a whole month. I'm going to, (laughs) on holiday, I'm just gonna do whatever I want and he said, yep, sweet as, and then next minute, I hear that ABs have got tours over in South Africa and I'm just like, oh, you know what, we can just wait until the end of the year, have a family holiday. Um, As hard as it's been, I think it would be harder for me to be away from Palmer and again for so long, so, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to having him home and us being a family. I think he's missed some crucial times um, in her growth at the moment and learning. So um, just have him home and um, be able to celebrate those milestones with him would be awesome.
0: Well, I hear that, and um, Pat will probably appreciate this, and you definitely will, I hear that in Fiji, the Six Senses uh, Resort, Okay, Phoenix. The Six Senses Resort is the place to go on Manoa oh. Island. All right, so hit pad okay. up for that one. You can go spend some of that yen on you. Hey, just a final question before yeah. you let, we let you go. Um, what yeah. what message have you got for your mum this week this weekend on Mother's Day? What's your message um, that you're going to put out there too?
4: Um. Oh. really hard question. I think there's so many things that we could be saying to mothers Um, but I think for me the biggest thing was that it's not going to get easier but you you will work it out and you will find a way to work it out. Um, I think I mean it'd be nice to say that It, it does get easier. I think the challenges change but there's always a way to get through it. Um, and I've found that when I had been at a roadblock, um, someone's always helped me to get through. And I think, you know, don't be shy to ask for, for help when you need it because we we do need it and we ask for it, but we can't do
0: anything. It. Oh, 10 uh te Mihi Kiakwe Moto, uh, Korero Itu Atanai. Uh, Phoenix, thank you very much for joining us on Baz and Izzy for breakfast and sharing um, your journey this year. All the best this Sunday. And uh, can't wait for Pat to get home and you just send us in those photos from the six centres in Malolo and Fiji. (laughs) Have a good good one. Talk soon. Thank you.
4: I wouldn't get home till 7, 7 7.30 at trainings twice a week and game days were Saturdays. And the smell of socks. Muddy boots. The hours and hours at the pole. But that was the commitment. In my heart I knew one day we'll be paid off. I remember the first international call-up. Scoring two tries on your debut. And um, just listening to that national anthem. In that New Zealand kit. It's amazing. And I was really happy because I got to share it with my family. I'm Ross's mum, Sophie Pesco's mum. I'm Sam Kane's mum,
5: and I'm Israel Dagg's mum.
4: And I'm very proud of you, boy.
2: There you go, hey. Eh? That's uh, that's an ad mum did a while ago, and uh, yeah, it's cool to hear, boys. Um, Mother's Day special day on Sunday. And uh, we heard from Phoenix Karaka, and we've got a text message here. Hearing Pat and Phoenix baby in the background is the cutest interview ever, guys. Put a smile on my face. So I want to hear from you at home, Double eight, double three. what your plans are for Sunday. If you've got any plans that you're going to do for your special mom or your special wife or, or you know, partner, that, that are partner to your uh, mothers of your kids, let us know on the text machine, Double We've got a fragrance to give away Courtesy of the team at the Chemist Warehouse, and we want to give it to you the best text message out there. So uh, yeah, that was an awesome interview with Phoenix um, Kimpi. Well done, mate! And uh, we're gonna obviously react to that. Um, yeah, it's pretty special to hear her, and, and obviously um, baby in the background, and, and the sacrifices they do, uh, you know, to to play top line professional netball and. Be a mother, you know. You could hear baby in the background. Pretty special interview, mate.
0: Yeah, and well, I don't know. That was your mum, is he? I'm bloody fighting back tears here. Um, just, I, I just brought back the memory of when I when I represented my country. You know, you do the same thing, and your mum's sitting up in the grandstand with your dad. And I'll never forget. I've just got this image in my head of going, you know, walking off the field, played Aussie down on Rotorua, and yeah. my mum and dad would, you know, come up from Waitara, and and my uncle's there, and. My partner's there and and just it's reality in it you know like um, special people in our lives um, that interview with with Phoenix yesterday when her baby started singing mm. in the background mate, it put a smile on my face and she she tried to apologize and i said nah man that's that's what makes you you guys so special you know like um mm. I, when, when, you're t- when you're talking to professional athletes especially mothers you know we're talking to the Ferns and we've talked a little bit about it with Christine Sue when she came on and said you know the the, yeah. the equity in the game about understanding what women have to put up with and then we got Lydia Ko come on and talking about her period what she's playing and just the realities of being a woman in professional sport um, it's taken it's taken it to a different level today you know yeah. I, I used to think about it from my mum's perspective being a supporter but when you take it to an athlete and they're actually carrying babies to the side of the court um, and other women are Ooh. looking after your whanau while you're out there performing so that people like us can watch them on TV and, and support them, just, you know, that phoenix nailed it. Um, mm. and, you know, the, I did say, look, I did you know, the reason I said go to six centres in Maloro Island in Fiji, because <laughs> yeah. Pat needs to pay. Seriously,
2: Pat needs to pay. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that little little bit of badge that you're, you're him with Phoenix, mate. And he's obviously uh, been away for a long time. And he'll be hurting. You hear to talk about missing just special moments uh, in baby's life, um, you know, like growing up, just simple walking, you know, just little things, like mum, dad, or just little moments that, that he's, he's going to miss. But I guess when you think about it, as a as a you know, as a bloke and as a sports lover, you probably don't you probably lose sight of that side of of women athletes, eh? The, the the struggles they go through with their bodies, the changes. Like it's a it's a miracle to even have a kid and and to, you know, bring these little humans into our world. And I guess when you're so selfish and you think of sport and you think of athletes and you think of woman, you don't really look at the life side of it. So it's actually quite cool to put a perspective on it and see and hear her at home with her kids trying to make the kid breakfast, trying to put the good nutrition in her own body and, and you know, fighting back the urge to maybe eat that last chicken nugget or those two nuggets that have been left on the side, you know, like little things like that that they constantly have to juggle I, with. I it's, always lose that battle. I'm an all, mate. <laughs> um, I, I do too, mate. <laughs> we am. all do, I think. Where's <laughs> yeah. dad bod galore. <laughs> I lose that battle
3: to the point that I get in the car and go back. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it was, oh. it, was bu- it was beautiful, mate. And, like, to all the mothers out there, to all the fathers that were listening, um, yeah. you know, that, honestly, Izzy, I had no idea that um, intro was coming in about, you know, about mothers talking about their kids and, you know, especially, you know, um, knowing how, how much you love your mum. Just just don't forget the woman in your life, you know what I mean? Like, the amount of work yeah. that they do. Being a, We're lucky being men. Seriously. Seriously. Uh, I, I, can, yeah. I have. I remember when when I first had kids, and I had um, my mate saying, "What's it like, mate? You know, what's it like, you know, having your first kid?" And I said, well, I can't. I can't describe it. You know, I run into players for a living. I said, There's nothing.' Mm. <laughs> Woman put up with ten times as much pain, more pain than we do having a child. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. and then they got to put up with that child yeah. for twenty years. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, just don't forget who twenty. Goes, <laughs> longer uncle No, uh, around forever. forever forever you know is, you know
3: you know well that's the other thing too is you know you talk about um being in, like you know in Phoenix's position being a professional athlete playing netball uh, you know not just feeding the kids mm. and looking after the kids but you know the other thing that I'm real conscious of you know you know how important sleep is to an athlete and having young children, oh, yeah. mate, sleep yeah. sleep is a foreign concept, right? A lot of the time. So how do you how do you perform mentally at your sharpest and at your best when you have sleep deprivation, especially as a female athlete? Because I know with my daughter, I think a lot of kids are the same at those young ages. Mm. They don't want dad at three o'clock in the morning. They want mum, you know. And and so and there's no
0: substitute. See, see, Rick, this is the point that I, I've been trying to make all week around equity. You know, like. What Phoenix said, like some, you know, we got to phone the coach up. Sometimes we can't make the morning session because of our kids. And it was just like, yeah, that's a, that's really acceptable, mm. you know what I mean? So I, I think when as he talked about um, and you talked about, you know, they, they they came in, they put a full woman around the Phoenix, put a full woman um, contingent around them, mm. it was about really understanding what they've got to actually put up with day to day, not 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 from ten to. Twelve doing a weight session, yeah. for instance, it's like every minute of the day they've got the, they've got something else going on in their back in the background. So, um, yeah, as he like mums, yeah, uh, like I said, you know, back back when I was when I was travelling in the back of the car to every tournament around the Mutu, um, it mm. was my mum and dad sitting there, and it was generally my mum that was making sure that my bags were packed. Yeah, remember I don't know if your mum used to do this, but mum used to always iron a crease in my jeans. (laughs) Really? Have you ever? I don't know if you ever see, but when you go out to a pub and you see an old guy and he's got a middle crease right down the middle of his jeans, yeah. And I used to say to her, "Stop doing that." Stop, and and mate, she would she would iron my pajamas. I'm like, mum, you know, like I've got to go. I've got to wear those in the marae with everybody. You know, like they they haven't got pajamas. But they they were just everything. Mate, they just so supportive of you, you know, and that's you know I just remember yeah. that. That's why you know why I wanted to be so successful was to make my mum proud. Even today, like I, I talk about it, the loudest person in the in the stadium was my mother. She came to. Yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story really quick. I'll tell you the story. My mum. My mum had. My mum's never travelled. I flew her to England. Yeah. Like my boy had colic. Okay, he had colic for six months. And my, my partner yep. said, "Oh, she's going. She's going mental." I was at training. I come home. My boy never cuddled me until um, he was six months old. Wouldn't come near me. Just yep. screamed. Mate. He just had this really bad collar. I said, "Let's get my mum over." She's a, she's an old Māori woman. She sought this out. My mum flew into to England. Never flown before. Flew into England. Came home. Said, "You two go out." First night we'd been out for six months. Came back. My boys asleep. Yeah. And <laughs> anyway, anyway, the um, the this, this sto- this story with my mum is that um, she basically just said get on with it mate stop worrying about (laughs) stop worrying about that boy get on with it and you know even even today she still does the same thing it's
2: awesome mother's no best Baz and Izzy
3: are off to the races thanks to Waikato Stud your source for a racehorse
2: Yes, time to head to the track with Wakato Star, but this track is over in the Gold Coast and we hear it's raining. It's raining over at the GC while that's doing the Kiwi contingency, particularly Swords Drawn favours. Loves the wet, loves a heavy track. Sean Ritchie is the trainer of Swords Drawn and racing in race three over in the Goldie on Saturday. Got a good, good chance and he's going to join us over there. It's nice and early, but that's what trainers do. They get up early, they do the mahi while we're all sleeping so we can enjoy the treats on a Saturday afternoon. Sean Ritchie, morning. Good morning, boys. Good morning, boys. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. We know it's nice and bright and early over there, but you love getting up early and uh, taking the horses for a wee, wee gallop on the track. Mate, how, how's things over in the Goldie?
1: Pretty wet, actually. Normally, obviously, the overnight lows are much warmer than the Waikato that we're used to at home, But um, so we're getting, a, we're getting our moments of sunshine as well. But it's been a bit rainy this morning, and the track was already a bit saturated for Saturday anyway, so uh, this will just add to those New Zealand horses who, as you rightly say, love those wet tracks.
2: <laughs> Mate, how have the horses settled in? Badges, nuts, and swords, drawn, <laughs> they've settled in well.
1: Yeah, I didn't name him, by the way, Badger's
2: Nuts. That was the other owner of
0: that horse. <laughs> I thought you were talking about it,
2: Where did it come from? Where did it come from, mate? Tell us. Talk, give us a name. What, why?
1: Well, when he rang me and said, I want to call the horse Badger's Nuts, I said, you might be struggling there. He said, well, there's a horse called Ginger nuts And I said, yeah, but that's a biscuit. I said, "You get away with that. And then he had a theory. He reckons that perhaps the badgers eat nuts. But I Googled it. Apparently, they eat earthworms.
0: <laughs> hey, hey Sean, hey, Sean! You've got you got uh, swords drawn, and this, there's a number of Kiwi horses over there at the moment. So you boys must be must be catching up and having a good time. But what's what's your best this weekend um, over there in, in the Goldie?
1: sure. Look, I think a lot of the boys, even the Sydney and Melbourne guys, like getting to this carnival, it's the kind of last chance to get some decent money for your horses before the winter kicks in. But as far as our chances are concerned, he's got a bit of weight towards drawn, which is harder on heavy ground because the more weight you carry, obviously it anchors you a little bit more, and um, that'll make it a little bit tougher for him. But obviously with the same, with that higher weight, it's, a, it's not as strong a field as we anticipated it perhaps would be. But I think our best chance on the weekend's probably closer to home at Tirapa. We've got a a really nice filly called ruptured a preferment filly. She won a first start, and she's really improved. We took her out to Tirapa last week to have a look at the track, and she galloped exceptionally well. I think she's about 5-1, to one. so she's probably our best winning chance for the weekend. But i got a horse I trained for the, for the commentator, George Simon, and his wife, Mary Ann, and it was called Queen of Soul, and she's about 16-1. to one. She'll go forward, and I think she might be the best value for us for the weekend for the punters.
0: Yeah, Georgie Simon will ride that home for sure.
1: <laughs> he will. It'll carry a bit of extra weight there. <laughs> Love it. <laughs>
2: nice, mate. Nice. Hey, um, so you, you're obviously carrying a bit of weight. How's Opie OP settling in? Um, He's obviously got the ride on, on Saturday for Swords Drawn. Is he, has he been settling in well?
1: Well, I've been trying to stay away from Opie because he doesn't mind a quiet beer <laughs> when he gets away from home. <laughs> so I think he's got... He's got a couple of other quite uh, light rides on the day, so I'm not too worried about sword straw. But uh, we usually catch up, and he's uh, he's a hell of a good guy. And we used to be over here, of course, with Jamie Jamie Richards, who's off to Hong Kong. But I dare say Mark will be here on the weekend, and the Kiwi presence will be felt on
0: Saturday. Oh, good old Opie! Hopefully, you can ride a couple of w- couple of winners for you. Here. Tell him to the staff the pies and the beer, mate, until Sunday. Um, mate, you've also got um, Fetu running around after a bit of a spell. What, what's your thoughts on that uh, this weekend? Well, he started
1: off his career with a, with a bit of a bang. he came from well back and was impressive in his first start. And, uh, and then he should have probably won a second start. We give him a little spell, try to sort of give him a look after him a little bit. And come back and had two misses in his next prep. But we sort of worked out a little bit too late that he had a back issue, uh, so a sciatica problem. So we've got on top of that with another good break. But he hasn't raced for some time. So, and he's drawn a horrific barrier. He's out in the car park there by the retirement home, not near the racetrack. Mm. He jumps out of the gate. So, um, you know, I would say leave him alone this weekend. He'll get a long way back, and he'll make a little bit of ground. But when he gets to 2,000 metres, he's, uh, I think he's going to end up a nice sort of horse. We just want to see him come back to form uh, before the winter kicks in, give him a little break over the winter, and he might be the sort of horse to get through the grades next spring and summer.
0: Yeah.
2: oh, That's... Yeah. Yeah. Let's, um, don't don't you love a trainer that's honest, Kempe? Oh, you know, we had Al Sharik on. I asked him about Just Ask Me. He said, mate, he's put on a bit of weight. He'll be last by miles. Don't you love a trainer that just tells her <laughs> how it is? Uh, well, <laughs> hey, hey, Sean, have
0: you got an Al Sharik story? <laughs> And else, I had, but not one we can say on the radio.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, beautiful, beautiful. What about up-and-comers, Sean? Like, you got anything in there, a yearling, that um, you've got your eye on that you think's going to be a um, something special uh, next year?
1: Yeah, I think probably our our uh, our nicest line-up of horses are our Rising turrets We've got some um, some lovely horses there. I've got a horse that I like quite a lot. He's, uh, he's called Hammer Time, like... Similar to MC Hammer. Your name after me. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think MC Hammer could dance a little bit. I'm not sure about your moves out of that. <laughs> well, you'll have to ask Al
0: Sherrick, He'll know. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: sure he does. <laughs> now, I, I really like that horse. He's a type of horse. I think we'll get to it maybe again in his Derby next year. He's had one trial, got back around third, and uh, so from a long-term perspective, I think he might be one to follow.
2: Awesome, awesome. Hammer time. We'll be looking forward to that one. Sean Ritchie out of the Gold Coast. All the best over the weekend, mate. We really appreciate your time. Shorts drawn, Opie Boston. If anyone can get it done, there's only one Opie. He'll get it done for you, mate. All the best.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, guys.
0: Cheers. We know it, the Wellington Phoenix are officially through to the A-League Finals. Geez, who would have thought, mm. eh? Fred Dejon sure knew how to strike a ball. Of course he did. Mate, he's a great player, Fred, and he can talk underwater with a mouthful full of marbles. He's with <laughs> us this morning. Hey, Freddy, how you going,
5: mate? <laughs> I'm very good, man, very good.
0: Mate, you must be happy. You must be happy with that um, that win last night. What did you think? Yeah.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, um, you know... Uh, ugly in the first bit but I thought the second half they were good and so you know and, and uh, in the end deserved winners I think also because they had a goal disallowed for a really really tight mm. offside call um, so the margin could have been bigger um, but to get to make player um, to make the playoffs um, having gone through all the stuff they've gone through this year I think um, mm. that's a real credit to, to the coach and the, and the players
2: Mate, what about Ollie Sale? I was talking about the last 15 minutes at the start of the show and I was watching that and obviously the Wanderers put them under a ton of pressure, opportunities, hitting the crossbar, everything was happening, that game had it all. But Oli Sale, how, how big has he been for this Phoenix outfit? And it's great to see he's made the sacrifice for the All-Whites, he's turned down the All-Star game against Barcelona, so he's committed to New Zealand.
5: Oh, I, uh, unreal, man. I mean, he, he, mm. he was probably the difference in keeping him in the game. Um, and I think pro- probably the Phoenix were good for a point anyway. But I mean, you know, then then it would have gone to the last game for, to make the playoffs, and you know, you have got the angst of all that. Um, so I, I, you know, he he's been in outstanding. I mean, Kempy would be the only guy that you would want to substitute in for Ollie <laughs> Sale at the moment. You, you know it. <laughs> so it would be. He's that, he's that good at the moment. So, I mean, some of the saves he pulled off, especially the one he tipped it onto the post. Yeah. Now, that that's like a world-class save. It was actually quite good yesterday because we got, like you saw that within the, in the Champions League as well with uh, Philip Courtois from Real Madrid. Two unbelievable goalkeeping mm. displays on show yesterday.
0: So. Um, mate, we were watching that game. Just talk a little bit about that. We were watching that game uh, yesterday morning. Fred, when he when he um, saved that goal on the line, and then went back down, they scored two goals in the next six minutes to get through. What, yeah. what, what was your take on that game?
5: Oh, if if you ever want to see want uh, <laughs> to have an abject lesson in momentum shift, mm. just turn the last five <laughs> minutes of that game on and then watch the extra time. It's just like you know, Man City cruising, as you say, saved off the line, Courtois saved that one off the off the sole of his boot. Just tipped it around the post, um, you know. So all the all the momentum was with Man Man City, and then and then suddenly suddenly it just switched over. You know, two goals to Real Madrid, mm. um, in the la- and within a minute, and then suddenly you're in extra time. You're at the Burner Bow. You got eighty thousand people screaming, um, backing you, and you know there was only going to be one winner after that. And so um, yeah, from from a momentum perspective, I'm um, unbelievable. Um, shift in momentum in the last last few minutes
3: of that game. Fred Real Madrid this season have knocked out PSG, Chelsea, yep. and now Manchester City, right? Uh, and they've been, I, I reckon, in those three ties, they've probably been on top for about ten minutes total. They just they like the T one thousand and Terminator, mate. They just do not die. You cannot kill them off. <laughs> Keep coming back, mate. You can see this, just, a, just a hand coming towards you, you know, as you're like you
5: know. Hanging off I'm the bumper of up. the car I'm as you're driving down the highway. Exactly, man. No, but they've been amazing. You know, 2-0 down to PSG um, after the first leg. And then Benzema, who, who must, you know, him and probably Lewandowski, the two best strikers, out-and-out strikers in, in world football at the moment. Um, you know, he scores a hat trick and they they win three two and you know and uh, all the angst now sits there with PSG over there. You know, how are they ever going to win the Champions League? Don't yeah. As you say, Chelsea came back from a goal down, pushed the extra time, same against Man City. Um, you know, so so yeah, they they never give up, never have in this. They've, they've found a way to win the game, and um, you know it, it's been amazing against some of the best teams in the world.
2: That, that's what's some pretty pretty impressive with Real Madrid. How do you see the rematch, Liverpool? How do you see that kind of Champions League final playing out? Who's favourites?
5: Well, I think Liverpool are favourite. Um, you know, mm. they they can they just score goals. That's the I mean, that's the, that's the frightening thing about Liverpool. Um, if you look at that Villarreal game they played um, a couple of days ago, you know, they're two 0 up cruising going into the game, and then find themselves two two nil down at half time. And you're going, oh, this is mm. this is suddenly tight. It's mm. all on, and it's like bang, bang, bang. See you later. Mm. You know, they just they 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 just they they can score goals from anywhere. They just they throw players forward. They, you know, and, and they and they score. And I think that's um, that's a really pleasing thing about uh, when you watch, say, Man City, you watch Liverpool. Um, you know, the, these sorts of teams at the moment in world football. Real Madrid, to a probably lesser extent. Um, but the way they win is nice to watch, mm. and you know you, you can you can win any any sport you know league rugby you guys would know that you can win you can win mm. good or you can win ugly, and at the moment the 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 best teams in world football are playing really attractive, um, attractive football, and it's just so good to watch.
3: And Fred, I mean, I think the big difference between the first league and the second league, in this was having Casemiro back in the midfield for Real Madrid because he just he plugged that gap that City were running through in the first leg um, he's really important but I mean I, I just look at that Real Madrid team and I go you know you've got Casemiro you've got Tony Kroos um, World Cup winner with Germany you've got Luka Modric of course who's done great things with Croatia and Real Madrid for years and years and years and then the bloke coaching them on the sideline Carlo Ancelotti the only bloke to win the all uh, all the league titles in the top 5 countries in Europe the only guy to do it that's a lot of know-how as guys that have been there done but, that for me that makes them favorites i think over liverpool
5: ah uh, yeah well, i i see i think liverpool are playing at a higher I, I agree when you look at you look through the names in that team you go wow that's um now, how's their wage bill every week? Imagine being the finance guy there. <laughs> Jeez, mate. You'd be crapping yourself every week. Jeez, another That's 20 crazy. minutes. That's so, <laughs> crazy. <like, laughs> you and you've you know Benzema up top, Vinicius Jr., who's probably the quickest guy outside of Mbappe in the in world football, sitting on the wing. So, yeah, it's frightening, frightening, frightening um, um, array of talent. But then I think also Liverpool play at a higher level, I think, um, and they play harder games right through the season. And um, and I think that gives them a bit a bit of the edge. Um, as far as experience goes, yeah, Real Madrid, 13 times champion, um, going for number 14, you know, the kings of Europe, it's all those sort of accolades and that. But um, yeah, I I just think yeah, Liverpool Liverpool it's a it's a um, they're they they're probably the, the I'd say the, the form team in Europe at the moment. And but it's going to be a cracking game. It's going to be an absolutely cracking game. Um, so, because I think Liverpool just don't, they, they just attack. So, at least you know you're not going to get um, like a, a, a super defensive um, final, I don't think.
2: Awesome. It's going to be an interesting watch. Liverpool taking on Real Madrid for the Champions League final. Hey, quickly, we're going to tack back to the Phoenix. I just want to ask you the question. They've got one more game, and there's two potential scenarios for this they play Adelaide or they play Western United what is the better game for the Phoenix and how do you see them approaching this? I've seen teams at the end of their season kind of know they've made the playoffs and they kind of just you know give other players opportunities. Do you feel like they're going to go into this fully, full strength or, or how do you see them approaching these and what is the better fit for them?
5: Oh, I think if, if, um, if you wanted to pick any of the teams in the top six to play, you'd pick Western United because they've beaten them three times this year. Mm. Um, so that means you want to hold sixth spot. If you were going to play West United, probably on on the balance of probability, with um, the game the games left, um, but I think for the Phoenix, um, if they want to go far in the playoffs, their best bet is to get a home semi, and I think for the club, for the fans, um, and to do that, they have to win this last game, and so I I think you just play your strongest team, um, you don't try and muck around with our oh, permutations, and we want to pick, get this team and. Just go out. You you try and beat Man City. who Have just come back, and Man City. Whew, boy, that would be good. <laughs> Melbourne City. Um, you, they've just come back from Asian Champions League. They've played six games in seventeen days, so they're knackered. Mm. Um, we saw that against Perth. They lost to the bottom team two 0 So, you, you know, the Phoenix, if they actually go hard out at the game, could can can get something out of that game. Um, can get a home. Possibly could get a home semi final. And that would be a massive occasion in Wellington. And I think that's, they, the club sort of owed that to the fans, to, to at least try and, and have that scenario and, um, and, and force the opposition to fly across the Tasman to come play in Wellington, which would be, um, which would be awesome.
0: Hey Freddie, thanks a lot this morning for giving us all that insight into not just the Champions League, but the Phoenix and their journey, hopefully to the Grand Final this year. Uh, look, I'll tell you what they have done: they've put the COVID, the COVID uh, equation, and the question to sleep uh, by making the finals. No one in New Zealand can moan about that now, with the with the season that they've had. So, um, yeah, we wishing the, the Phoenix all the best. But mate, thanks a lot uh, for coming on this morning and chatting to the boys on the Izzy uh, Breakfast Show, and we'll talk to you again soon.
5: No, awesome, mate. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. Go well, Fred.
0: Yeah, good bloke, Fred. He's um he's a real champion, mate. The good thing about Freddie too, like he knows the kids, you know, are coming through, and he's always talking, talking them up. And such a passionate soccer man in New Zealand. Um, and he, he's always good for a laugh, is he?
2: Yeah, he's very, very good. in, in both, uh, obviously, competition, Champions League, and the Phoenix, mate. I was, I was just really interested. I've seen teams do it, mate. They're flying through the season. They've guaranteed playoffs. They give other players an opportunity, ruins their momentum, ruins their kind of flow, and then it backfires for them. So I love to hear how you said that, no, the Phoenix are going to go on this. They're going to play a full-strength side. They're going to keep all the combinations together and uh, and and head into this weekend with a good opportunity. I love that little conversation from Fred. Yeah,
3: and the, the other thing too that I didn't get in with Fred was, you know, we were tossing up whose favourites, Real Madrid or Liverpool, uh, for the Champions League mm. final. The other thing to think is Real Madrid last weekend wrapped up the Spanish League title. Liverpool are still; they have to win out with four more games to go in the Premier League to win that title. So they go, in there, and they've got an FA Cup final yeah. as well. Real Madrid can cruise from now; they can all their focus can be on that final. Liverpool is still fighting on three fronts. How,
0: how good is that? The two, the two so, best European teams playing in the Champions League so final.
2: Good. So good. So so, what one's more important? You think, Ricardo, for for Liverpool? You know, obviously they want to win them all, but do they put the emphasis on one?
3: I think they want to win the league. I, reckon, I think if you mm. ask them that, that winning the league because they've, they've only done it once in Premier League history since 1992 oh, they've only oh. won the league once so that, that's mm. where they, re, they really want to establish that dominance back in England again you know they, they, they have that massive com, uh, you know um, competition with Manchester United United have 20 league titles in England Liverpool have 19 they mm. want to get they want to get that back to even Stephen so
0: that'll be the drive Izzy have you been to Liverpool to watch a game?
2: No, no, I've only been to one EPL game, and that's uh, Chelsea versus Fulham at uh, at, at Stamford Bridge, and it was a nil-all game, and uh, we were meant to go meet the players afterwards, Fernando Torres, all the mm. boys, but they, because uh, I was with Adidas, and um, all the ABs went there, and we were sitting up in the stands, and then nil all draw at home. They were all deflated, and then they didn't want to meet us. And they went downstairs and had would cry. <laughs> oh, mate, they, so could have, no, they could have done with meeting some winners.
3: That's what you should have said. You guys could do with meeting some winners. <laughs>
0: mate, they could have they could have done with your Canterbury um, speech, mate. That you gave Canterbury Banks down there on the, oh. that speech at the beginning of the year. Um, go, I have the, had a win. I actually got to go to Liverpool and and watch a game. It's an unbelievable. <laughs> Um, experience, you know, there's there's hardly ever any woman in the grandstand. It's a real scouse male-dominated um, fan base, but just the um, like they, they sing that song, you know, you never walk alone mm. at every home game, and the support is so one-eyed. Absolutely, you know mm. that I, I I sort of don't think it's the the league that they want to win. Um, Ricardo, I think they want to win everything
3: well you're right You're right. they do want to win everything I mean they're going for at the moment they are on track to win the quadruple so they've already won the league cup they're in the FA Cup final they're in the Champions League final they could win the league but conversely if they don't manage it right
2: has anyone done that Rick?
3: Uh, no the closest was United in 99 won the FA Cup the league and the Champions Whoa. League but they didn't win the league cup
0: the Champions game was an awesome game oh. yeah. Gunnar Solskjaer
3: yeah, yeah, Ole, Ole Gunn Solskjaer. Uh, getting it done and putting the back uh, the ball in the back of the Germans' net, as United
2: fans like to sing. Yes, that's right. Good morning. Welcome into Baz and Izzy for Breakfast. SCNZ, we're asking you, what are you doing for Mother's Day? What are you doing for that special mum in your life? Double eight, double three, let us know on the text machine, the Temper Bedpost text machine. And uh, if you uh, send us a nice, passionate text message, you could walk away with a fragrance for your mum courtesy of the team at Chemist We Are. So keep those text messages coming through on the text machine. And also remember, we are giving away a $50 TAB bonus bet to your bet of the weekend. So make sure you send those in as well and you can win a bonus bet. Lots of options for some freebies, and we love freebies. And we love giving them away to our special listeners. But before we shut off, i ask you the question, Kimpy and Ricardo. PNG. They've put in a bid. They're backed by the Prime Minister of Papua New Guinea, James Marapi. He is backing the PNG inclusion. He's spoken about including Fiji, Tonga, the Pacific Islands. It's not going to be a PNG team. It's going to be a Pacific Islands NRL team. Thoughts? Could it happen?
0: I think on the back of what's happening in the super in the Super Rugby um, competition, that's why that that bids come in. You know, you got the drawer, uh, mm. you've got the the Pacific side down here in, in uh, Tāmaki playing, and and Papua New Guinea, being their national sport up there as is, is rugby league, have decided to jump on the back of it and try and roll out an NRL team. My personal thoughts uh yes, it can work, but I think before that, uh, there's probably a couple of other franchises that will get. They bid across the table before them. One is in Western Australia, which they, everyone thought they were going there uh, before they named the Dolphins. The other one is New Zealand. Everybody knows that mm. there should be another franchise in New Zealand. And on the on the, um, temper bed post text machine is a really good question here. Um, good show, guys. Kempi, do you think that the Wellington Orca or Canterbury Bulls could possibly bid for an NRL? I've always said this. I've always said this. Yes, I do. I think... You can't you can't go past the Crusaders. The setup, everything is there. the 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 DNA, the model, the Crusaders should bid for an NRL franchise. It got a, It's mm. it's 2022. Forget the rugby rugby league argument. Like, make a really smart decision and make it an oval ball decision to say, right, we have got the best players in both codes coming down to the Crusaders. Whether I, I think they need to change your name to be brutally honest, but that's another that's another discussion. Um, but but bring them down to Christchurch and 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 give them the DNA and I'll tell you what they'll they'll be like a Melbourne you know, there's a there's a great question. They'll be like a Melbourne. Your thoughts, Rick?
3: Yeah, no, I like it. I like it, and I, I think you're right. I mean, the uh, uh, the Crusaders have got everything there. They've they set up. They've got the structure. They've got obviously this great relationship with the Melbourne Storm. They know how rugby league works. How NRL clubs are structured. I wonder whether or not you know as much of that is about Scott Robertson and Craig Bellamy trading stories as it is about. Picking up other know-how for something like this, and and I also agree they 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 should. Uh, I don't know if I'd go with the Crusaders as the name of your NRL team. I think I would go with something like, and I wouldn't even call it Canterbury or Christchurch. I'd go with something like I don't know, uh, for example, the Southern Sting or something. And then you own the South Island, and you can play in Nelson, you can play in Dunedin, and you can play in Christchurch, and you own the South. Hell, you could even play in Wellington and still be the Southern mm-hmm. whatever it happens to be. Uh, and and then it's the Auckland Warriors. And then the southern team, you know? You know,
0: as he just just on that, you know, like I said, I've been saying this for years, what it leads into then is our own state of origin, north and south. You know what I mean? So you think about yeah. it from a state of origin perspective where you mm. play state versus state. If you put another team down the South Island, then you've got island versus island. All right, and you go to the mm. NRL and you say the best players from the North Island in the NRL get picked in the north northern side, and the best players from the southern um, South Island get picked in the southern side, and then you create your own your own island of origin. You know. Yeah, I love it. But, you know, love that's, it,
2: Kimpy.
0: that's sort of, those thoughts have been around. but not because on the NRL board, are you? <sighs> Mate, jeez, put me he on ma- me. Put he makes me too much
3: me. sense to be on any board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. ba da ba ba Available after 10.30am for a limited time
4: only.